Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. Thank you, Father. Eddie's praying I might not finish my message. I'm praying that I can start. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit messed up right now. Uh, and that's a good place to be. Thank you, Jesus. We should never apologize for encountering the love of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. You know, you you can't overdose on the goodness of God. But you have permission to try. Let's just drink to that right there. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> we love you in this place, God. You're, you're so good. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you've started already, God. I thank you for what's been released in the spirit already, Father, tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, God, and we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised I'm up here, if I'm going to be honest with you. There was about 20 minutes I wasn't sure I was going to make it up here. I was on the floor during worship, which is where more senior pastors should be. And uh, I was, I was, uh, I, <laughs> I hope that sounded the way I meant it. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was on the floor, and I was telling God, God, I, I give you the service. I give you the service. I don't have to preach. Because uh, my idea of a perfect service, that God shows up so much, there's nothing left to say. And uh, come on. <laughs> we're, not, we're not done yet, but uh, there's, there's still time for that. And uh, sometimes when worship just blows blows out and you know you're just just taking over the service and sometimes you know you, you just watch the clock and you're thinking about your message and how much time is left and and you think like oh there's not a lot of time left but I'm so messed up tonight I'm kind of thankful like the le- <laughs> the less time the better <laughs> it might rescue me oh thank you Jesus okay real quick before we jump in. I do have um, something I want to bring your attention to. It's been in the bulletin for several weeks, but uh, we are having um, a family uh, a gathering as a church. We're, we're hosting a fall festival, and uh, it's going to be a potluck. But we're we're trying to go big for this, and you know we know we're 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 a year old now, which is awesome. But we know people are still building community and really. Uh, making friendships and going deep in the relationships. So on October 20th, we're doing a uh, fall festival potluck. Uh, the, the church is going to provide a, a bunch of the stuff, but there'll be more instructions. But we've got tons of organized games, stuff for the kids. Um, there's even going to be like shaved ice uh, company and all, all kinds of stuff. We're going to have worship, bonfires, s'mores. Like it's going to be amazing. So that's October 20th, 3.30 to 7.30 p.m. Go ahead and put that in your calendars. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. So we invite you to be there for that. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, I love when the worshipers sing your message. You know, they're, they're, they're prophets with instruments. Amen? And, <laughs> I'm so messed up right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I, 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 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, f- I feel like God wants um, to share uh, tonight that the intimacy is the standard. And uh, intimacy is the plumb line and the measuring stick that, that everything else will be measured by. And therefore, you understand, they were singing the message tonight. And uh, there's, God is doing so much in our midst. It's amazing. We are, we pinching ourselves all the time with just how much God is doing. And I feel like even, you know, what an amazing, amazing weekend we had last weekend with Chris Valentin here. Again, how many people were here for that? I <clears throat> know. And a powerful time, and we can just feel an increase of authority even uh, being released in our midst and in our environment. Now, it feels like we're riding a rocket ship. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like we're, we're building something. It definitely doesn't feel like we're pushing something along or, or pushing something forward. It feels like we're holding on. <laughs> to the momentum that he's releasing. It's a good feeling that you don't have to make it happen. You're just trying to not mess it up. <laughs> and uh, so in this, in this place of, of increase of extended and expanded authority, because that's what God's doing. You know, we've seen so many amazing, incredible things. We've seen... You know, the. The deaf ears open and cancers dissolve and marriages restored and people have encounters in baptism and people getting healed, taking communion and miracles on the streets and miracles in the nations. And it's only going to increase. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. How do I know it's going to increase? Because we have nights of worship like tonight. Where the train of his robe is in our midst. And when he comes, everything changes. But in, in this place of increase of authority and increased breakthrough, I feel like he's wanting to, he's wanting to drop the plumb line again and just remind us that intimacy is the standard. And, and love is the standard. That love is the standard of which all the other gifts are going to be measured. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we know in Matthew 7 that they, those come to Jesus and they say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we did miracles in your name and Jesus responds, depart from me because I never knew you. Now listen. All through the rest of the scripture, he's empowering his disciples to go and to prophesy and to, and to cast out demons and to do miracles. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Not, not, a trick, not a trick question, right? He's, he's doing that so we know he's not saying don't prophesy. Right. We know he's not saying uh, don't cast out demons and don't do miracles. What is he saying? He's saying do those things but make sure you do them under the umbrella of intimacy. And when he says, depart from me, listen, nobody wants to hear that when we get to heaven, when we stand before Jesus. Amen? Right. But what we want to hear, we, we, we don't want to even hear, well done, good and faithful servant, you moved in great authority. We don't want to even hear, well done, you did many mighty miracles. Well done, you built the biggest church in town. No, what do we want to hear? Well done. I knew you, and you knew me. That's the goal, right? What did they miss? Depart, depart because I never knew you. <laughs> the goal is that he says, yes, you got it. You knew me, and, and I knew you. We were connected, and we were, we were intimate. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, that word where he says, depart, I never knew you, that word knew is gnosko. It's to know, especially through personal experience. 
firsthand acquaintance or experiential knowledge. But the Greek gnosko, the Hebrew equivalent is yada. To know through intimate, personal, firsthand knowledge. It's not just enough to have head knowledge. Because you can go to a class that talks, that teaches principles about healing the sick. You can go to a class that teaches principles on prophesying. And you can move in a certain measure of that. But the real goal is that we would know him. And the real goal is that he would know us. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. And, that, and that when we're in that place, here's, here's the, the beauty of it, is that we don't have to worry if we should prophesy or not prophesy, cast out demons, not cast out demons. When you're in this intimate place with him, you can't help but prophesy. You can't help but cast out demons. <laughs> You can't help but do miracles, why? Because the God of miracles is inside of you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I might have shared this the other week. I don't remember. There was a, a prayer meeting years ago. I went, I went to, and, and, I, and I got there late. It already started. It was at somebody's house, and there's like 20 people. And, and, I, and I walk up the stairs. I walk into the living room, and a lady on the other side of the room falls on the ground and starts yelling, keep him away from me. <laughs> she's, she's obviously having a, a you know, a not friendly <laughs> manifestation. And uh, so uh, we pull her aside. I never met her, never even seen her. I walk in the door. And she, on the other side of the room, she falls down, starts manifesting, and goes, keep him away from me. Now, of course, within about five minutes, she was free, completely free. And, but, but listen, she wasn't referring to me. She was referring to the one who came with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. That love must be our, our anchor in all things because God is only going to increase his authority and his momentum, what he's doing in our midst. We just sent a team to New York, and uh, they, they played the video, and they saw dozens upon dozens of salvations right on the streets and dozens of dozens of miracles right on the streets. Why? Because God is in our midst. <laughs> and he's really good at his job. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, I, was, I just was reminded at that moment during worship, I, I saw uh, uh, brain trauma being healed. And specifically, I saw uh, uh, like gross and tumors dissolving. So, Father, we thank you for doing that in our midst. We even thank you for doing that, God, right now over text messages, God. If anyone in the room knows anyone uh, in that condition, we just release grace right now for breakthrough in Jesus' name. But as God, as God does more, he's reminding us that intimacy is the standard. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> in Matthew 22... Uh, one of the, the Sadducees asked Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the Bible? And we all know it. Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Oh, amazing. That he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor. And, and we, we love to just bind them together because they are, they are joined. But he also clearly says, love the Lord your God. This is the first and greatest commandment. Oh, 
that didn't go over well. <laughs> you still with me? <laughs> this, this is the first and greatest commandment, to love God with everything that we have. And then it says, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. But we can only love our neighbor when we're first effectively loving God, and he's loving us. Listen, if we're not in that place of intimacy, then all we have to give our neighbor is our ability. Look, <laughs> God's, God's created us with some natural ability, and there's some, there's some people, if I can be honest, I... I Eddie just was telling the story of Glenn to Eddie and then to my brother and I, we got saved in the same meeting and I got, I got born again in my early 20s and so I didn't, I didn't grow up in the church. And listen, outside of the church, there's some people in the world who are really good at loving others. Sometimes they're even better at it than the church is. But all they have to give is their own ability. And what the church is not supposed to do is compete my ability versus your ability. Because in the natural, all we have is the same ability. And we act like in the church, like, oh, like, if I just do it in love, I give you my ability. And, like, the world doesn't know any different. What happens is when you tap into God's love, now you have something to give that's beyond your ability. Listen, it is totally and completely appropriate to bring people a hot meal at certain times or somebody's sick to take care of them. But listen, when somebody's daughter has leukemia, it's not hot soup that they want. Come on. One set of love has a limit that stops here. Here's a meal. That's beautiful. We should do that. But when you're tapped into the love of God, it's here's a meal. Oh, and did you know I've seen people healed of this? Can I pray for your daughter? And you step in a miracle authority, but it has to come out of intimacy. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We're going to come back and look at each one of those, those steps in, in a moment of loving God with your heart, soul, and mind. But I want to move on to something that's just really been stirring in my heart recently. And it's, uh, it's the, the song of songs or the song of Solomon. And do you know that some rabbis, they, were, they, they esteem the song of songs as the central part of Scripture? That... that a fa the foundational book that all the other books should be understood through. Yes. Do you know that, that some rabbis, they actually refer to the Song of Songs as the Holy of Holies of Scripture? Yes. Oh, you didn't get that. <laughs> the Holy of Holies. What is the Holy of Holies? In the, in the tabernacle, there was the outer court. And then there was the inner court. With the table and the, and the showbread and the lamps that were burning. But even inside of that, what, behind the curtain, behind the veil, was the Holy of Holies. Where the tangible presence of God dwelt 24-7. Yeah. And the, the outer court to the inner place to the Holy of Holies or the most inner place was a progression of intimacy. <laughs> in the natural and connection to God. It goes from service to, to prayer to, oh, you're right here. I'm, you're here. I'm here. We're connecting. We're, we're having this intimate encounter. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, that's the tabernacle and the, and the rabbis consider the song of Solomon, the holy of holies, or the innermost place, or the most intimate, the place of most intimate connection in the scriptures. Wow, Jesus. That's amazing. That, 
the, the, the song of songs or the song of Solomon written by Solomon, but it actually references Solomon in the, in the, the, the song itself a, a number of times. But Solomon in there, many rabbis believe, isn't actually a reference to himself, like he's writing about himself. But when it says Solomon, the translation could or should actually be to the one whom peace belongs. <laughs> that, that, listen, we, we know this, but this, this book is it's an allegory of what, what intimacy between God and his bride are supposed to look like. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Between Israel and God, <clears throat> but by the grace of God, we have been grafted in. Amen. So it's between Israel and it's this church and God. It's an allegorical encounter, a display. I want you to, I want you to look at something. <clears throat> um, it, in a rabbinical commentary I was reading, it, it takes this approach to the Song of Songs. And just for example, uh, the last couple of verses in chapter 1 says this in our translations. The beloved says, Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes. And the Shulamite, or the bride, or Israel, or his church, responds, Behold, you are handsome, my beloved. Yes, pleasant. Also, our bed is green, which means lush or flourishing. The beams of our house are cedar and our rafters fir. The, the, rabbinical, the rabbinical commentary says this. The man says to his bride, you are beautiful with eyes like dove. His bride responds, no, you are beautiful. No, you are the beautiful one. <clears throat> we are wonderful together. Our bed is prolific and our home is built of cedar and cypress, which are references to the material of the tabernacle. Should I read that again? <laughs> the man says, you are beautiful with eyes like dove. The bride says, no, you're the beautiful one. We're wonderful together. Our bed is prolific and our home is built of cedar and cypress. Thank you, Jesus. That I believe that the Song of Songs is, is central and uh, rabbinical tradition holds it so because it is actually supposed to give us a lens in which we relate to all the rest of Scripture. And I believe that the lens that it, that it imparts to us, it puts on us, is a lens of romance. It's okay if we get real for a little bit. <laughs> that it puts a lens of romance on us that affects the way we read all the rest of Scripture. It affects what we glean from it, how we approach it, the truth that we encounter from it. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> and that this, this approach of romance changes everything. That these... That these lens, and you know, if you wear colored lenses in the natural, if you put some colored glasses on, you see everything through that color. Right. Whatever you look at, you see through that color. Whatever circumstance you peer on, you see it through that color. Right. Right. Well, what if we wear romance colored glasses? <laughs> when we go into all of the word. <laughs> maybe, maybe Chronicles doesn't, doesn't spark romance for you. <laughs> but it's supposed to. Oh, man, I tell you, there's some good stuff in Numbers. No, there's some juicy stuff in Deuteronomy. 
It's really true. And the, and the, the song, the song opens up this lens of romance for all the rest of it. And it's central. I believe that we are supposed to drink of it like wine. And that we continually come back to it and we drink of it and then we can approach the rest. That we go over here, we read Jude through this romance lens and we come back and we take another drink of the love wine and we can read numbers over here and we drink some more of the love wine and we can read the gospels and we see brand new things. that we never saw before because he's that good. Look, this, the, the song of songs is meant to awaken our senses. Gnosko and yada, again, is to know experientially. Okay, I'll try over here. It's, a, it's to know fir firsthand, to know someone intimately. To know my personal experience, not to read a biography. No, we can read about someone, but that's vastly different than knowing someone. And it, the, the Song of Solomon is supposed to awaken our, our senses that, that to, to know experientially or to know with the five senses. Then it's different. You read a page, you can read someone's biography. But that's different than sitting next to them. Feeling their handshake. Knowing what cologne they like to wear. How tall they are. No, to, to experience them in a physical realm with the senses. That, that it's actually meant to awaken our senses, and I believe, listen, there's an invitation to take out of this book that is, that is sensual but not sexual. Sensual meaning awakening our senses. Because if we read numbers with dulled senses, we can only glean so much. But we come back to the Song of Songs and our senses get awakened. It says stuff like, you sustain me with cakes of raisins. <laughs> Your love is better than wine, right? And now, now what is happening? My senses, my sensory receptors in the spirit are waking up. Do you know that you are spiritual beings having a human experience? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Mike Bickle says this, and, and Heidi Baker and others love to repeat it, but it says this. He says, lovers get more work done than do workers. Look at, listen, God has big vision for us. He's got big plans for this city. God wants to break every chain and destroy every yoke and set every captive free. And he wants, he wants to build a beautiful bride that transforms culture from business to government to education to health care, you name it. God's got big plans and big visions, but he's reminding us that lovers get more work done than do workers. Thank you, Jesus. There's more on the floor. <laughs> and God has lots for us to, to do and lots to be built. I'm astounded. We are, you know, we're having a um, uh, a church uh, business meeting coming up in November, and we're just kind of reviewing. And you know, when we when we launched uh, a year ago, we presented a, a five year plan, and 
we've already, it's like we're doing, have done or are doing already a third of the stuff on there one year in. And, and there's, there's an acceleration, but there's so much more to do. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if you guys know uh, Ben Fitzgerald, uh, the Awakening Europe events, the filling stadiums where thousands get saved. And <clears throat> I mean, Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, you name it, these people come together and just, and they equip like thousands of believers and send them out in the streets and like crazy stuff happens. And we just were on uh, a phone call about starting the process. To, to launch an awakening Texas here in a, listen, and we're, <laughs> and we're one year old. Well, okay, so, and there's a lot, there's a lot still to do and still to build, but I love Bill Johnson. He says this in Revelations 21, it talks about the new Jerusalem coming down, descending out of heaven, adorned like the bride. Adorned like the bride. And then as it goes on, it gives very specific direct uh, uh, dimensions. The number of doors and the, the width and the length and the height and specific measurements. But it comes down out of heaven, adorned like the bride. So... Bill says that all t true structure is birthed out of intimacy. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Intimate love looks different than servant love. Because we can use, we can throw the term love around and mean lots of different things. We can say, you know, I love my house, I love my car, I love my job. But loving, loving your job and loving your wife are two very different things. <laughs> At least they should be. <laughs> Going back to... The, the greatest commandment, and obviously in Matthew, Jesus is referencing out of Deuteronomy, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That when you look into these words, heart, literally translated, is the innermost being. You have rivers of living water flowing out of your heart, but it's actually out of your innermost being. That internal space where your emotions dwell. So <clears throat> love the Lord God with all your heart. Soul. Soul is the characteristics of a living thing. Their person, their desire, passion, appetite, and emotion. Love the Lord your God with all of your passion. <laughs> love the Lord your God with all of your emotion. Love the Lord your God with all of your appetite. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and strength is this. It's abundance or force. It's actually not, it's actually not strength. As in, you know, I lift weights and I get strong. No, it's actually a forceful abundance. This is the strength that it refers to. So when you put it all together, it can be translated this. Love the Lord your God forcefully, giving the abundance of your innermost being. Forcefully giving the abundance of your innermost being. That's romantic love. You know, my wife gets a part of me. Even if, even if you said, I love my job, your boss only gets so much of you. Your wife gets a whole different part of you. 
your, your boss gets your strength as in my ability. Your wife gets the abundance of your innermost being. Thank you, Jesus. And my wife can ask things of me that my boss can't. <laughs> How many people have ever told God, God, I want to do great things for you? Not that many people over here. <laughs> Who wants to do great things for God? <laughs> But the way that you step into the grace to release all that God wants to do in and through you is not through servant love. Not as a, not as a boss to a servant relationship, but a lover to a lover relationship. Because your lover can ask things of you that your boss can't. And if a boss asks certain things, I'd be like, oh, I have a struggle with that. And my wife asks, like, no problem. I don't even think about it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh. We, uh, God, as God releases more authority, somebody say more authority. As God releases more power, as he releases more gifting, more influence, more breakthrough, intimacy has to be the standard. Intimacy has to be the plumb line. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You know that, that we're, well, you can learn to prophesy and, and, you know, we're learning to take risks. But if you're doing it out of place of a servant, it, it comes so much harder. Because your boss only has emotional access to part of you. But, you know, when you're loving God with the forceful abundance of your innermost being and, and he's loving on you in return and you're lost in intimacy and, like, you can't help but tell the person next to you at the restaurant about Jesus. What happens, it comes out of overflow. It's like you don't even know you're doing it. <laughs> forceful Forceful overflow. <laughs> There's something uh, beautiful about, about young love. That telltale, like that, you know, the, 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 the young person who just met the one and they're like, oh, I think they're the one. We're going to get married. And what's happening? They're beaming. They're like pogo sticking everywhere they go. They're like, they're, they're like don't really touch the ground. They're just floating. And that's infectious. You can see them coming in the restaurant. You're like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. <laughs> it's infectious, and there's an overflow. Why? Because they're, they're on sensory overload. <laughs> Listen, you can't overdose on the goodness of God, but you can try. Listen, God is inviting us into that same place of sensory overload. <laughs> The, the young couple, they come in and they're beaming. <laughs> in love. What's happening? It's like the 4th of July in there. There's fireworks going off on the inside. <laughs> Does that happen when you come into worship? Because that's what he's inviting us into. Does that happen when you open the word? Because I feel like God is restoring that place of that intimate, that young love that just beams and fireworks go off inside. He's renewing that tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. La last, uh, last 10 things before I close. <laughs> we talked about Gnosko, which is the Greek, the equivalent in Hebrew is yada. Yada is uh, covenant love and experiential knowledge. Again, we use love in all different types of terms, but yada is, is experiential knowledge and covenantial love. 
It says that Adam knew Eve and they bore a son. <laughs> How many of you will know he didn't just read a biography on her? <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. But, but part, of, part of what transcribed there is they stepped into covenant. And the difference between servant love and intimate love that, that you know, for a, a boss, it's, you make agreements when you get a new job. You're like, what's the job description? Okay, I, I'm going to do this, and there's things expected of you. But listen, that's not a covenant. That's an agreement. Why? Because it's situational. I agree to do these things for, the, for this season. For this foreseeable future, I agree to do these things as long as you do your part over there, right? As long as you don't ask me to stay past five, right? And there's all these conditions on it. And if I don't like the conditions anymore, then I'm out of here. That's not covenant. Covenant is till death do us part. Covenant is no matter what happens, no matter how it goes, we're in this together, but did you know that God wants to make a covenant with us? That God wants to make a covenant for this city. Listen, not just an agreement. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. If lovers get more work done than do workers, then all the things that we want to see built, it'll happen out of intimacy. All the, all the boldness we want to step into, all the risk we want to take, it'll happen out of intimacy. Whoa. I believe God wants to restore some fireworks. God wants to make it like the 4th of July inside again. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That God wants to kiss us with the kisses of his mouth. Song of Solomon. Get the worship team to come on up here. Whoever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Again, God's got big plans. <clears throat> but I felt like even in the, even in the midst of this, of this momentum, this, this breakthrough that's happening every week, the craziest testimonies every week, stuff happening out on the streets, reports of cancer, fleeing bodies, every week God is doing so much. People getting saved, and we're like, we're just holding on for the ride, and, and God's extending authority. He is doing, he's releasing, equipping. He's sending commissioning. He's saying, in the midst of all that, remember, intimacy is the standard. It doesn't matter how many people you see get out of wheelchairs. How many blind eyes you see open. You don't want to hear at the end, the goal isn't to hear, well done, you moved in great authority. The goal isn't to hear, well done, you moved in great power, you saw many miracles. The goal isn't, well done, you had the biggest church. No, the goal is, well done, you really knew me. And, I, and you allowed me to know you. I'm going to end with this, but the Song of Solomon, the last chapter, says, Who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Again, allegorical picture of God and his bride. And Fast forward to the New Testament, there's one particular disciple that is known as the disciple that Jesus loved. Who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? 
What is the apostle John famous for? Leaning on the chest of Jesus. Again, it's said of John that John had a special place in Jesus' heart because John was concerned about the person while everyone else was concerned about the purpose. Jesus, when are you coming to reign in your power? Jesus, when are you restoring Israel? Jesus, they were concerned about the purpose. But John just had eyes for the person. Can we have eyes for the person in this place? And I know I'm preaching to the choir. After the type of worship we had tonight, I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> but how many people want God to move through your life in more power? To say yes, and you want God to move through you with great authority and to bring great transformation and great breakthrough. We're not supposed to chase those things. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. We're not supposed to chase those things, but when we chase him, when we're concerned about the person, he will give us those things. Because he wants, he wants breakthrough more than you want breakthrough. He wants the person in front of you healed more than you want them healed. He wants to see your family restored more than you want to see your family restored. We just need to put our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> we just need to let him sustain us with cakes of raisins. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, if anyone is with me in this in the season of, of great increase of the season of pouring out his power and the season of equipping and training and releasing and the season of outreaches and, and missions trips and the season of people getting healed at the altar and people getting healed in the parking lot in the midst of all that, who's saying, I want to keep my eyes on Jesus? In the midst of all that, what I'm after is knowing him and him knowing me. If that's you, I want to want you to stand to your feet tonight. And I feel like God wants to restore some fireworks. <laughs> God is refreshing. God is renewing. God is igniting. He's sparking. I can see. I can see it right now. I can see him holding, holding the flame of his love to the wick of the fireworks inside of your heart, in your innermost being. Whoa. You know, in John 15, it says, "I no longer call you servants. I call you friends, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing." Do you know that Jesus had to say that in John 15, 15? Because in the next verse, he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, you will do it. Do you realize that he had to say verse 15 before he could say 16? I no longer call you servants. Why? Because servants couldn't step into the promise of the next verse. Oh, they didn't get it. Dang it. I tried. <laughs> I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. You need, you need to understand that you can make this transition so that when I say, you didn't choose me, I chose you you can embrace it. And when I say I appointed you, when Jesus says I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, you could receive it. And that your fruit would remain. Thank you, Jesus. There's a couple people that I specifically 
I want to pray for real quick first, and we're going to let Jesus light off some fireworks in here. But I, I'm just being obedient right now, but I felt like during worship, we mentioned the, the train of his robe filling the temple. And I feel like there were some people, I was just laying on the floor and seeing this, I feel like there's some people that, you had a picture of the, the train of his robe the robe of his presence, but then it became like a door opened up and he invited you to step through the door. And if that's you, Jesus is saying to you that that, that, that door, yes, it's a door of intimacy, but it's also a door of instruction to invite others. He's putting authority on you. Does that make sense to anybody in the room? It, it, like if you saw that, I just want you to come up to the front. We're going to pray for several people. I just feel like I'm supposed to start there. During worship, you had a picture of a door. And don't mean, and I don't mean that after I share this, you go, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. No, I mean during worship, you had a picture of a door, and Jesus opened the door and he invited you to step through the door of intimacy. Now's not the time to mosey. Now's the time to come up here and get what God's got for you. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. In just a moment, I'm going to call up those who feel like this message about God re-sparking this, this first love, this fireworks. That's for you. In just a moment, I'm going to call you up, but I feel like he wants me to pray for these ones first. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Can you guys over here on... Uh, uh, on the wing, can you just come over here? Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Just come over. I can see him. I'm going to pray for these guys. Everyone else who, and listen, it doesn't have to be everybody in the room. That's not what I'm looking for. But you're like, you're like, oh, Jesus is speaking to me through this message. I want to drink of the wine of the Song of Solomon the wine of intimacy. I want to partake of the raisin cakes. I want God to light the fireworks inside of me again. If that's you, I just want to invite you to come because he's about to light some fireworks. Guys, you can just sing Naomi, and I'm going to come pray for this group, and I just want you, everyone else, just to spend some time with Jesus. Just let him know you as you know him. Thank you. Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.